hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Sucker Time. The number one award-seeking comedy podcast about comedy. Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark Hershaw. Ho, ho, ho. Yes, it's me, Mark Hershaw. Your host in Santa Claus for Epi 123 of Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. My gift for you this year? It's another installment of Succotash Chats, where I feature a conversation with someone associated with podcasting in one way or another. And this Christmas edition is no different, as our special guest is none other than Wayne Fetterman. I'm pretty happy with my, my career. I, would, would I like it to be a little you know bigger and higher profile? Yes, no question. But also, I, I diversified a lot. I know that sounds like a... Something a uh, <laughs> an investment banker might say, but uh, it's true. Like I really like doing acting, and I do writing, and I do, you know, sure. I wrote a book, and so so it's like my career is is multifaceted, and I do feel like the work, the comedy I did on Curb Your Enthusiasm, or on the Larry Sanders Show, or in the X Files, or on Community, like I feel like that is part of me. I thought he'd be the perfect holiday treat since, just like Jesus, he's Jewish, funny, and occasionally misunderstood. Wow. That comparison would draw so much hate mail from fans of both Jesus and Wayne, if anyone actually listened to this show. Wayne's a great guy, a funny comedian, a delightful actor, not to mention the co-host of a podcast called Human Conversation with Aaron McGathy. Regular Succotash listeners may remember I spoke with Wayne during the multi-part Epi 116 back in September when I was at the L.A. Podfest. We've got more time this time around, and we get into his long time served on the comedy stage, his podcast experience, and some other topics besides. In addition to my chat with Mr. Fetterman, we have a double dose of our Bursto Durst with political comedian and social commentator Will Durst, a brand new Henderson's Pants commercial penned by our friend Harry White, and featuring our own Bill Haywatt back in fine form after a brief illness. In fact, as a special Christmas treat for you and your whole family, we have Bill singing a special holiday song coming up as well. Speaking of songs, we also have a new and bizarre acapella tune from Abner Surd, which will immediately follow the Tweet Sack segment this time around and before Mr. Durst's second segment. So I'm moving Mr. Surd up from after the show's actually over. <laughs> I guess it's a promotion. Before we get into the stuff, I just wanted to wish you and yours a happy holiday season, whichever holiday you celebrate. And that includes no holiday at all depending where in the world you might be, or whatever your philosophy might entail. Sometimes I feel like Succotash is out on the island of misfit podcasts. Since we're mostly playing clips and promoting other comedy podcasts, and we only generate a tiny amount of our own material, plus some interesting interviews with cool people connected to podcasting. We're not fancy by any means, and we're not the kind of show a podcast network is keen to pick up. After all, what network wants to be promoting podcasts that aren't on, on that network? And we don't have much sponsor appeal, it seems, either. But you're listening to Succotash, and that means the world to me. When I started the show almost five years ago, five years, I didn't know if anyone would want to listen. But you and a lot of other people have proven that there is an audience for what we do here at Succotash, and I want you to know that it's really appreciated. 
I want to thank the crew here, too, especially our producer-engineer Joe Polino, our announcer Bill Haywatt, and especially our associate producer Tyson Saner, without whose help this show might have just stalled out. Harvesting clips is no easy task. It reminds me of my days as a segment producer for a clip show on TV. Largely thankless, but imminently the hull that keeps the whole damn ship afloat. I also want to thank all the comedy podcasters that we've clipped this past year for their generosity and letting us pick and choose what we want to feature from their shows. And of course, I want to thank the guests that have been kind enough to let us visit with them on the Succotash Chats editions of the show. I've enjoyed every interview we've presented for you. Sometimes the audio quality hasn't been the best, but I'd rather take the opportunity to interview someone when the moment presents itself rather than be overly precious with making sure we can get the best location to record it in. Just because I've lost a couple of chances to chat it up by doing that, and it doesn't seem worth missing those opportunities. Summing up, I hope you have not just a terrific holiday as we sprint toward the end of 2015, but I want to wish you a bright and prosperous new year as well. Okay, we're going to get to my interview with Wayne Fetterman in just a couple of minutes, but before that, let's have the first of our Burst O'Durst segments with Will talking about bullying from the bully pulpit. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about bullies. Don't like them. They think mostly of themselves and specialize in looking out for number one and saving number two for the rest of us. Some folks love bullies, especially people with neck tattoos. But the phrase might makes right is wrong. And it's time that we, as a society, smite might. And though Donald Trump claims to revere Ronald Reagan, he acts more like Vladimir Putin. The Russians relate the strength, which is why they never really warmed up to Mikhail Gorbachev, even though the rest of the world thought he was the bee's knees. The conductor of Perestroika didn't want to destroy the West. He wanted to embrace it so his people could have Big Macs and Happy Meals bars of soap without splinters of bone in them. Can't we all get along? But after the Soviet Union, he was kicked out, and apparently the answer is no, we can't. And Putin is much more Stalin than Gorbachev, being the guy you don't want to mess with, while Obama is the guy you don't want to play backgammon with. That's why Putin is always pulling stunts like riding a wolf bareback shirtless, wrestling sharks and stuff, the guy is 5'7", barely taller than Tom Cruise. The irony is, the rest of the world loves Barack Obama at the same time that Republicans insist on calling him weak. America is tired of fighting all the time. We love it that Obama has kept us out of war. The problem is, he refuses to swagger while doing it. And that's what this country really wants, a bullying pacifist. Somebody with Jimmy Carter's policies while wearing Ronald Reagan's hair. And that's the only thing that Trump shares with Reagan. Gravity-defying hair whose color is a little on the suspect side. For Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast, I'm Will Durst. Find Will tweeting at Will Durst on Twitter and on his own website, WillDurst.com, where you can also get info on his big, fat, year-end kiss-off comedy show. It kicks off all around the San Francisco Bay Area starting the day after Christmas, December 26th, and runs until January 3rd. So check that out, WillDurst.com, if you're going to be around the San Francisco area. Friend of Succotash, Harry White, a stand-up comedian based in New York, asked me if he could try his hand at writing a couple of Henderson's Pants ads. I said, sure. Hell, if I can somehow Tom Sawyer this whole damn podcast and just sit back and relax, that would be great. 
Well, Harry did a lovely job, and we've gotten the first one back from Bill Haywatt over in Studio P, just in time for Christmas, although this commercial has nothing to do with the holidays. Hello, friends. Bill Haywatt here. Are you disappointed with pants that don't live up to the hype? Are you sick and tired of pants that don't fulfill the promise of their name? Well, the good folks at Henderson's Pants want you to know that they take their craft seriously. Oh, very seriously. And that's why they're proud to introduce their new Henderson's Coveralls. Now, I know what you're thinking. Hold on one second, mister. I've seen coveralls before, that staple of the farming, construction, and automotive repair communities. Well, that's true, friends, but admit it, you harbor a deep disappointment when you find that traditional coveralls don't actually cover all. Oh, not even close. Traditional coveralls annoyingly leave the feet, neck, and cranium completely exposed, which is tantamount to false advertising until now. Henderson's has taken the coverall concept to a whole new level by eliminating the annoying pant holes, sleeves, and neckline, then installing a single zipper that encloses three sides of this rectangular garment, you get a warm, durable fabric that covers your entire body. Truly a coverall for all. Originally designed for disaster relief areas, tsunami-prone beaches, and plane crash cleanups, the design of the Henderson's coveralls has nothing to do with rumors of a recent contract that fell through for Henderson's to provide 10,000 body bags to FEMA. That's Henderson's, makers of stuff sacks and ditty bags since 1834, and now back to Succotash. Take it away, Marco. Thank you, Bill, and thank you, Harry White. Getting back to Bill Haywatt, he recorded a special Christmas greeting of sorts just for you, our Succotash listeners. And before we get to my conversation with Wayne Fedman, why don't we take a a listen to this? Hello, my little Succotash sucklings. This here's your old friend, Bill Haywatt, wishing you the very merriest of holiday seasons, whatever you celebrate with your disgusting pagan rituals, I'd just like to remind you, alcohol is the reason for the season. So get out there and celebrate as only you can. I'd like to sing a little song for you now that goes back to when I was working at the radio station of the eternal existential question, W-H-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y in East McKeesport. And we would gather around the old studio Christmas tree and we would sing this at each other. I think it goes something like this. Oh, I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Mommy and Daddy are mad. Are they mad? I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Cause I ain't been nothing but bad. Well, I threw up eggnog on the floor. Somebody snitched on me. I got the crabs from a two-bit whore. Somebody snitched on me. I told my boss to screw himself. Had unprotected sex with an underage elf. Tried to fart but shit myself. Somebody snitched on me. That really happened. I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Mommy and Daddy are mad. Boy, are they mad. 
I'm getting nothing, everybody, for Christmas. Cause I ain't been nothing but bad. So you better be good, whatever you do. Cause if you're bad, I'm warning you, you'll get nothing but nothing for Christmas. Shit, I used to remember that chord change. Anyway, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Your friend Bill Haywatt, now back to... <clears throat> Suck it down. <laughs> oh, it wouldn't be the holidays without Bill drinking heavily. <laughs> All right. Time to jump into my chat with Wayne Fetterman. Wayne cracks me up and has for the many years I've seen him perform and have hung out with him occasionally. So this chat could have gone on for hours, but we kept it reasonable, both in length and in terms of keeping it on track. We talked about his recently released Chronicles of Fetterman album, his Human Conversation podcast, and some other elements of his career. I'm going to drop in a couple of snippets from his album and a clip from the podcast at appropriate places during the interview, and we will see you on the other side with a second burst of Durst, that new song from Abner Surd, and the Tweet Sack. Quiet, Tweety. Let Mr. Fetterman talk. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, I just want to have a a conversation with you, a human conversation. Hey, wait a minute. Um, (laughs) Wait a minute, what the hell? (laughs) And uh, hopefully along the way, the Succotash listeners will learn a little bit more about Wayne Fetterman. Who knows? All right, I'm ready to go. We're rolling already. It's uh, it's uh, Wayne Fetterman visiting us here at Succotash. Hello, Wayne. Right, and how did the name Succotash come about again? Tell me. Well, Succotash, uh, as you may or may not know, is a uh, south uh, southwestern side dish made up of uh, lima beans and carrots and corn and other vegetables people will typically put in. And our show is basically a collection of clips of other people's comedy podcasts. So it's a virtual succotash of comedy podcasts. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Most people don't. What is it? But this isn't a clip of another no, this is an interview. No, no, this, this, this is sort of sometimes in succotash you'll find like a nice piece of bacon. Or uh, you know, other, okay, or other I feature, see. and that's what this interview with you is. It's like bacon, except kosher. I understand. Well, I'm I'm flattered to be called a, a piece of pork. Uh, feels good for me and my uh, Jewish and Muslim friends out there. Exactly. Feels fun. Exactly. Uh, by the way, there yes. was obviously when I was a kid, there was um, suffering succotash was an expression, right? Yes, from Sylvester the Cat. So, right, that's exactly right. That's yeah. right. Okay, and it's funny. Most people, many people, don't know a what succotash is. And I've, as I've learned from their frustration to try and reach me via social media, they don't know how it's spelled. So it's uh, for a guy yeah. who's a guy in the branding business. I may have picked a bad name for my podcast. <laughs> that's uh, let me just say you uh, you picked it. Yeah, so you have no one to blame. I did no one to blame. I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. I got to tell you. It's been four years. I got to stick with it. Uh, Wayne, where are we finding you today? Um, we're, we're via Skype, so you don't actually have to re- reveal your location if you don't want to. I am in the uh, city of angels, Los Angeles, California. How beautiful is that? And uh, happy, it's pretty nice. This has been my this has been my home for a number of years. Now. I know that. Happy holiday season to you, by the way. You, uh, this, oh, uh, you. yeah, this chat with you is uh, essentially comprising the Succotash Christmas show. 
Um, I didn't really have anything special in mind. And yet now I've got this uh, fine interview with Wayne Fetterman. What could be a better Christmas gift for my listeners? Of course. Now, let me just so you know, Christmas is my second favorite holiday of the year. Behind Purim? No, behind the 4th of July. Wow. Independence Day. All right. So, so, So why are those your two favorites of all the holidays you could choose from? Well, I, I mean, Christmas, do I have to, I mean, between the songs and the season of giving and the, uh, the just good seared in the air. I don't know if you've been to New York City and the, the windows on Fifth Avenue. It is just spectacular. I feel like it's the time of year where humanity really comes to steps up and goes, yeah, we can do this. We can do this. <laughs> I can I can understand that. That's I, I feel the same way about the Christmas holiday season as well. It's just it it feels like there's a great positivity sort of in the air, which is nice. Yes, no question. No question. And I understand that some kids get disappointed with their Christmas gifts on Christmas morning or they just you know, whatever they get, they're just not enough or they're rushing through. Uh but I don't know. I just, I, I love it. And it might be part of it as growing up Jewish and never having a Christmas tree, just looking at it from the outside in, I was like, wow, that seems, that seems great. And I forgot to mention those movies. Mm. Sure. Die yeah. Hard. You start die, die Hard. Lethal, die Hard. Lethal, lethal Weapon. Weapon. <laughs> lethal Weapon, of course, the great <laughs> Christmas movies. I I actually, so, uh, I actually make my wife watch those around this time of year, which is great. Oh my god, it's a family event. It's a whole family thing. Yeah, no question. <laughs> but but it's the second. So why is the why is it edged out by the Fourth of July? Well, I feel this is going to. I know it's not fashionable to at all be patriotic about America. In fact, some people, what, what there's like a derogatory people you, word people use to describe people that feel good about America, but everything I have in life and my parents have in life and are from this country. Like I am a huge fan of America. So I love the 4th of July. I love the fireworks. I, and my favorite firework, this is surprising, is just the ones that flash and make the boom. I love those. <laughs> you know so what I'm talking about? Yeah, you're a, you're, a, you're a simple man with simple taste. It's nice. It's <laughs> a very it, simple man. It's the American way. Uh, well, that's yeah, great. So, well, um, well, thank you for sharing some of your holiday season and your holiday spirit with, with me and my listeners. It's uh, very much appreciated. Oh, I'm thrilled. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It I is. just came up with that. It, I'm writing that down. Um, okay, write that down. You can take that. So, Wayne, I'm curious to see how the, the Chronicles of Fetterman are doing. We talked about it on our show uh, when I sat down with you briefly at the Los Angeles uh, Podcast Festival back at the end of September, and it was just on the cusp of coming out. Um, to, yeah. re- to refresh my listeners' uh, attention, uh, it's a, it's a three-disc uh, set, if you buy the discs, I don't know what you call it if it's just digital, but it's three. They're calling it volume. Three volume, volume. Three volume set. And it comprises your 30 uh, years, your three decades in the comedy business, in the stand-up comedy world. Uh, and it's really, it's really an amazing production because you went back and you were able to sort of revive a lot of uh, tape that people probably thought was kind of out of reach in terms of being able to make it something you could listen to again. 
And Correct. These were all just stuff either from my archive or sets that I just recorded to listen to and, you know, learn from. And then obviously some TV shows that I had done that are no longer on the air. I have big news. I got cable in my apartment. Which is big news for me because I don't have a television set, so... <laughs> so I invite my friends over to watch cable. It's like... It's pretty pathetic. It's pathetic. That's my life. I have a small apartment. The landlord tried to warn me when he rented it to me. Because, Wayne, you're not going to get a full kitchen with this apartment. You're going to get what we call a kitchenette. I looked at it. It was a kitsch at best. And there wasn't enough room in there for regular size appliances, so he installed a Kenner Easy Bake Oven, which... Which bothers me because a light bulb is not included with that. You have to get that later. Now, I had a little problem with roaches in my apartment, so I had to buy the MX missile of roach control. I think you know what I'm talking about. The roach. <laughs> On a box it says, roaches check in, but they don't check out. I said, this is a great slogan. I put it down. I go to sleep. Three o'clock in the morning, for some reason, I get up out of a sound sleep. So I say to myself, I think I'll check on my motel. <laughs> You know, I'd never been a property owner, so I was a little nervous. I was nervous. <laughs> so I stroll into the bathroom very quietly, turn on the light. Not only are they checking out, but they're taking little towels. Like, that's straight. Very weird. But I'd like to know, maybe someone can help me with this. Who was the psychopath who invented dodgeball? Can someone, can someone help me with that? Because that is a sick, psycho sport. And all I can think of is some frustrated phys ed teacher. He's going nowhere. He's tired of kids having a good time. He's like, okay, class, come here. I got a game for you. <laughs> Take this ball. Object of the game. Throw it in your friend's face as hard as you can. That's it. And you were never out in that game. You were supposed to be out when you got hit by a ball. Now, you got hit by a ball. You were free meat for anyone who had a ball. It's like, okay, I'm dodging. Whoa. I'm hiding behind a fat guy. Uh, I guess I'm up. What? Thank you. Nice. Nice. I'm pelted. Very nice. And so it's, I mean, it's an amazing compilation, quite, quite uh, re, um, fantastically put together. And as you said, you'd never put out a, a comedy CD before. So this is really your, your, your big foray into the, into the arena. How is, A, how's it been received? Well, I have to say, uh, for the most part, uh, it's been great. It's been great. It sold out on Amazon really quickly. And I think my record company, which is called a Special Thing Records, um, was a little surprised because most of their, I think they, they tend to more release younger comedians. Mm -hmm. And I think my, I'm not even going to use a fan base. I'm going to say fan dumb, my fan spread out, <laughs> my fan, uh, rebel Alliance. I don't know what it is. It's just like a few people <laughs> spread out across the country. Um, I think they wanted, because it was a three disc set, maybe to get the CD. So, so that was exciting. And then, so that's all been replenished now. Very nice. And then it's landed on a couple um, top 10 of the year lists. So 
from different websites that practice kind of thing. Well, if you think about it, you know, you, like you said, uh, you know, labels are used to putting out younger comics, but in reality, this this set comprises you when you were a young comic, let alone no as question. a seasoned comic. No so it's this sort of amazing spectrum of a career as opposed to just, you know, oh, I just recorded this last year or what have you. So oh, no, no, no. I went, I went big. I went for my debut. I re- basically it's a box set. And so I open up. That's great. And, and, and for you from a satisfaction standpoint, I mean, you did this sort of as an, you know, you have this feeling, this is how I want to do this, but has, have you been satisfied with the sort of result that you've, you've gotten from it? Ah, that's a good question. Good question. Mark, right? Your name's Mark. So far. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, there's a cup. There was a couple recordings that I couldn't get my, couldn't find that were a little frustrating, but I would say overall, I'm, I'm very happy. It seems like it really captures what I wanted to capture. I do some intros to try to, you know, give people context of what they're listening to. I mean, some of the earliest stuff might be a little tricky to listen to, like in a car, if there's exterior noise, as opposed to the earbuds, headphones, or on your laptop, sitting in bed. But, uh, but that's, that's only like the first 15 minutes of the, uh, the CD, right. where it's like very early recordings from the 80s. My first bit is from the 84 Olympics. So it's uh, yeah, yeah. it's so it's so fun. Yeah, it's a little bit like a comedy time capsule because some of the stuff, particularly in the first, I'll say the first half, is you know you make some fairly dated references now. I mean they're dated now, of course. At the time they were quite timely, so it's sort of interesting to to chart the progress not just of your act but of the material itself through the years based on the references you've got in some of the pieces. Right, right. And luckily, luckily I'm not much of a, I'm not really a topical comedian so much. Mm -hmm. Like I don't do politics and, but, uh, yeah, you know, the, uh, I had a couple comedians call me like, I don't know what an AMC gremlin is. I had to look it up. (laughs) That's great. Other people were like, tell me about these encyclopedias. What were they like? I'm like, all right, they were on the shelf. You had to pick them up physically. They were books. Uh, But, yeah, for the most part, there's a, you know, an airline, uh, Air Florida is at a business, you know, stuff like that. But for the most part, I think people can glean, can glean. Oh, sure, but I think think that actually adds to the the sort of depth um, of the piece because like I said it's it's this look back you know at in time and it isn't, it, it isn't just a bunch it isn't it, it, your material is fairly evergreen as a rule but you've still got reference points in it that go oh yeah okay this is taking me back to 1987 or this is taking me back to 1994 or whatever you know maybe not specifically right, for right. a listener but they they definitely have this sort of they would have a reaction like that to, I certainly did anyway Christmas dominates Hanukkah. Dominates it. Ridiculous. Every year for Hanukkah, we get the same horrible anti-Semitic gift the first night. This, I don't know what my parents are thinking. This little bag of, and a little satchel of chocolate coins. It was like, here, Jew, look at it. It's money. It's money, Jew. Look at that. You're Jewish. Just look like something you like? What do you want to do with that? That's right, save it. Save it. Lend it. Lend it. 
horrible. It is horrible. Oh, my goodness. I was on the uh, internet, and I was browsing Wikipedia, and I don't know if you know this, but it's a bogus encyclopedia that everyone is using uh, to get information from. Like, basically, you, if you have a computer, can edit the information on Wikipedia. But you have to. I noticed. So I was like, what? So I, was like, so I tried it. And you can't be overt. You can't be like, George Bush is a douche, because that'll completely get off in like 10 minutes. But here's what I did. This is Fetterman style. I went to President Taft. <laughs> and I wrote that he has one blue eye and one brown eye. <laughs> it was on there 11 months. Do you know how many papers were written with that? Thank you. A little information for you. Across the country. Oh, yeah. Crazy President Taft. I remember when I was uh, 15 years old, the state of Florida issued me a driving permit, which meant I was now obligated to drive with the two worst drivers in the state. The Vettermans. They were horrible. My mom and my dad. My dad was like, nah, a speed limit was like a suggestion. He would just guide the car with one finger, use the wax on, wax off, heel in the hand turning technique. My mom was the exact opposite, very nervous behind the wheel. We'll say never in a car accident, caused hundreds of them. <laughs> to this day, I have no idea. Not a clue. She only knew the carnage that was behind us. But the one thing they never taught me about was the instrument panel dimmer switch. Why do we have this? Is that for people whose eyes are too sensitive for the five-watt bulb <laughs> behind the speedometer? Like, oh, don't worry about those oncoming headlights. This odometer light is burning my retina. Is there any way to... Oh, my God, I actually can. This is fantastic. I don't know if you know this. If you go all the way, it goes off. That's how I want to drive at night. Just using the force. Just... Get pulled over, do you know how fast you're going? Actually, I don't know how much gas I have in this car, officer. You were behind me, give me a hint. So good, so good. Well, uh, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna play some piano. This is gonna be so much fun. I don't even know, I could be horrible at the piano. Like, yeah, there's a piano out there. All right. Did anyone see the war on PBS? I, was, I could not stop watching that thing. In Laverne, Minnesota. Um, but a few years ago, the last documentary he did, which just to show you how old this bit is, uh, was on, on jazz. And so here's my, my final thing tonight. For those people who enjoy PBS. presents a new documentary from Ken Burns, the super geek with the beetle haircut who brought to the Civil War and made baseball as boring as baseball now brings his slow, condescending documentary style to the world of jazz. That's right, you know jazz. It's in the back of the record story. After you reach pop, rock, rap, comedy, country, singles, you might find a jazz section. We can't price this music low enough to move it off the shelf, but now PBS presents 19 and a half hours of jazz. 
For those who thought Shoah was way too short, this documentary's for you. Jazz, it started in New Orleans and spread like a venereal disease across the United States. Jazz, music for a new generation of Americans tired of recognizable melodies. Jazz, music made by black guys who slept with white women and did heroin on PBS. There's comedians that I work with that have, I've been doing comedy as long as they've been on the planet Earth. Like, that's how long I've been doing comedy. So it's really fun to listen to those guys and still kind of banter back and forth. And it's, it's been really, to tell you the truth, it's also been a little emotional. Been a little mm. emotional, just kind of, you know, I guess I'm at that point in my life where it's like, oh, maybe it's time to look back a little bit mm. because. There's obviously there's not many days left in front of me. Come on, let's be honest here. <laughs> not the way you eat. I mean, I mean yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe it's fifties. Yeah, how long can I stick around? Um, now, so it, uh, it was fun. Have you had a reaction from other comics? Because it just seems like me that you would of people going, "What a great idea this is." It's kind of one of those ideas to me yes. that if I was sitting there, I'd go, "Oh man, if I thought of this, I would be the guy." that had this thing, and now I can't do it because Fetterman did it. No, I, I'm hoping it's, it launches a, uh, <clears throat> a revival of that kind of, of people who just want to, who have these recordings that just are sitting on their shelves or in a box or in a storage unit or in the back of their car. Give me a couple other examples. <laughs> Buried in the sand on the beach, up in a tree, <laughs> in the attic, uh, in the side of the wall. There, you know, sure. walled up wherever like, they uh, wherever they uh, put those. Your Allen Poe, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That uh, that they may want to clean them up. So what? To tell you the truth, this really couldn't have happened five years ago because there was sort of a, this. And I don't know if I talked about this on the other podcast with you, which was there was sort of a revolution in something called audio restoration. Yeah, we talked uh, and, at length about the, the program you found, the app that was able yeah, to yeah, yeah. kind of Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what it, that, yeah, so that really made it possible as as much as anything else. That's great. That's great. And do you feel... Yeah, but you, no, other comedians have just like, yes. It, it, I mean, Jimmy Fallon went nuts when he heard about it. And yeah. it was like, we got to have you on the show. We're going to talk about it. And then he talked about it like the whole week. Wow. And then brought me on and I did a set. It was great. Now, do you feel a sense of, of palate cleansing? And you've, you've put all of this material you've had over the years, and certainly you've cycled, you know, so much of it out of your act for new material. But it's kind of like I'm, all, I'm done with all that. Everything from here on forward is all fresh. Not Well, because I'm a slow developer of comedy, I wish that was true. Mm-hmm. But – not quite yet. Right now, it's like if you went to see me, you would hear a lot of stuff off that third disc, right? And then maybe a third or a quarter of it would be new stuff. But you know, I, you know, having come from a background of comedy production for a long time, I, I don't think that that's a bad thing. You know, I mean, you don't want to, you know, people don't like to hear comics repeat jokes per se. But I think there's something in the stand-up comedy phenomenon of going to see a comedian in a club where you do 
there's a comfort level at hearing bits you're familiar with, uh, as long as it isn't the whole piece, right? I mean, it's not quite like going to a, hearing a band and hearing your favorite songs, but I think people do have kind of their favorite bits that a comic does. And I, you know, having run a club yeah. for a few years, I know people oftentimes would come back to see a comic they'd seen before, but they'd bring friends and go, oh, I hope he does the such and such bit for you, you know? I don't know. You know, Mark, this is a great question. And I saw Brian Regan do something I didn't think was possible in comedy, which was I went to see him at the Avery Fisher Hall in New York. And at the end of his set, he comes back out and we, and he had basically all new material. And then at the end, like 50 minutes in comes back out and takes requests <laughs> for old stuff. Yes. Yeah, I didn't think it was possible because obviously the the whole juice of comedy is surprise. That's basically what jokes are, surprises. So uh, so that he would, like, people would scream out the UPS bit, and then he would do it, and some people, exactly like you said, would be like, oh, my God, he's going to do it, and the guy who had never heard it gets to hear it. Yeah. And so it was, it took on a, a level that I didn't think was even possible in stand-up, and kind of blew my mind. Absolutely yep. blew my mind. That's interesting. I did 15 minutes of, like, whatever the audience wanted to hear. That's really interesting. Um, I, think I, I know. I think have I you ever have, heard of anything I, like that? Just him. I think I may have seen him do that, I mean, years ago, like at Cobbs or something. I think he did that when he was still playing uh -huh. comedy club level stuff. And but I noticed, like, when I went to see um, Gaffigan, that he still does the um, Hot Pockets routine. Somewhere in the middle of it, in right. the middle of it, oh, I not see. at just the kind of, end. Just kind of throws it in there, huh? Throws it in, and people start cheering almost like they're hearing Freebird. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do you have a Freebird routine? Something that no, I don't. I've never, out? I've never broke through on that level <laughs> where people are like, do the ski routine or something like that. So, uh, no. I've never, I'm, a, I'm a couple steps below that. I gotcha. I gotcha. But maybe, who knows? Who knows? Maybe my new uh, gluten bit will take off. <laughs> who knows? Uh, now, in the in the world of stand-up, how how has how does it how's it going as you perceive it? I mean, thirty years. Uh, I mean, your 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 album goes to like 2014 in terms of recording. So we'll say it's you know still quite current in terms of coming up to right. today's standards. But, you know, I know right. from my perspective on the industry that, you know, there's been through a number of changes since you and I both got into it to start with. So where does it sit today for you as a performer in terms of a satisfaction level of getting enough bookings and working the size rooms you like to work and that sort of thing? Well, it's, you know, I, <laughs> it's a loaded question, Mark. They're it's all loaded. Question. They're all loaded. Um, <laughs> I'm the Smith and Wesson. Let me Wesson think, let me think how I want to, let me think I want to answer. I come from the, I'm grateful for anything that comes my way school, as opposed to why aren't I selling out theaters like Bill Burr school? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm pretty happy with my, my career. I would, would I like it to be a little, you know, bigger and higher profile? Yes. No question. But also, I, I diversified a lot. I know that sounds like a, something a, uh, <laughs> an investment banker might say, but 
It's true. Like I really like doing <laughs> acting and I do writing and I do, you know, sure. I wrote a book. And so, so it's like my career is, is multifaceted and I do feel like the work, the comedy I did on Curb Your Enthusiasm or on the Larry Sanders show or in the X-Files or on Community, like I feel like that is part of me. So, so I enjoy that as well. And so I, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, I'm still in it. I'm still in it. So I, I, I'm just happy to do sets anywhere. Like I'm doing, uh, this Thursday night, I'm doing something in Palo Alto. You ready? Yeah. Right down the road here at, on, on Christmas, on Christmas Eve, this might, this podcast (laughs) might drop after I've done this, but it's a show for at the Jewish community center in Palo Alto. And it's myself, a Jewish comedian, four basically Jews, <laughs> Chinese food and comedy. And you know what the name of the program is? I've, I've heard of the show. It's it's a tradition in the Bay Area. But to, to go ahead and tell us. Well, there's two. There's one in San Francisco that's called like Kung Pao Comedy. Yes, Kung Pao Comedy. This one is called Chop Stick. <laughs> And that's, so and that's going to bring, shopping. and that's going to bring people in. Is it? Mm. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but that's where I'm at. I, you know, uh, Bill Burr is selling out Madison Square Garden. I'm doing Chopstick. It's, you know, we're both in the business. Yes. We're both in the business. And I would say, I would uh, say the, the attendant things you've done, and I'll just call them attendant because they're not stand up, but I think all of that. Yeah is part and parcel of, of your success as a comedian, just because it's not all stand up, um, you know, because it's, it, it's what you want. It's not like you go, Oh God, now I have to do this writing thing or now I have to do this. Thing. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm really screwed. Cause the thing I love to do, I can't do anymore. No, it's just, I think you've just sort of widened the parameters of what your career is. It isn't just a, you know, one, one beat thing where it's just, I'm just going to be doing stand up. Thank you. It's not a one beat thing. Can I write that down? Yes, it's yours. It's the next album in thirty years. Not a one beat. I'm not thing. a one beat thing. <laughs> All right, I will take. That. I will take it. I will take it. Um, so anyway, that's that's kind of so. Yes, there's still you know because when you start out, you have like these crazy lofty, the del- borderline delusional dreams. You have to you know when you start these dreams. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, on the Tonight Show or hosting the Oscars or any of those things. And they do come true for some comedians. But the fact that I'm still doing comedy, doing bookings, going all around the country, doing some stand-up. By the way, I did, uh, you know, sometimes you just <laughs> you just have to laugh. Like, there's that club. I don't know if I told you about this Yuck Yucks. Oh, sure. That club? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, there's something about being, you know, 50, I guess it was 55 when I did it. I was just like, oh, I'm literally working at a place called Yuck Yuck. Like that's, a le- like that's how I've decided to spend my precious time on the planet. Uh. Um, it, yeah. Well, it's, it's, like, it's like, it's, go fun. Ahead, go it's, ahead. oh no, I was just you know, going to say, it's, it's fun watching people we know sort of delighting in their career, whatever they I mean, I don't know if you've been following right. Mark Schiff's postings, you know, but he was just playing a gig in Israel with Jerry Seinfeld. Right. Right. And just the, you could just see the delight in his pictures of being on this road trip, you know, on a private jet flying to Israel, working a gig with Jerry Seinfeld, you know, and, 
you know, it's just kind of, it's just fun to watch people that are actually enjoying their career and pe- instead of people that are at that weird level where they're belly aching about how nothing they're thinking was going to happen has ever happened. Yeah. I, now, you've known me a long time. How long have you known? Probably 20 years, right? At least. Yeah, at least. It's at almost, least 20 years. Yeah, almost 25 and, at this point. Okay, so you've known me 25 of the 30 years I've been doing stand-up, or the 33 years. Um, have you ever known me to be like a belly aching or like talking down other comedians or no. whining about it? No. Never. Yeah. Never. It's always – you've always yeah. seemed always very happy – to just sort of be it at the party. <laughs> yeah, I am. I mean, yes, I am happy to be at the party. And also, I just don't want to waste my time comparing myself to other people. Right, right. Yeah, like that, that was the thing. Because I remember, God, Mark, early on, I've just met some comedians who were so embittered by any other comedian's success or who they thought was ahead of them and why are they getting spots to catch and I'm not. and all of the unfairness of show business. And I was just like, I made a conscious decision not to be that dude. And it, I, I think you, you can see that in sort of your happiness factor, you know, cause I, you know, I've heard yeah. you talking on other podcasts and on your own podcast and just, just the way you interact with people. There's, there is just this, uh, this kind of delight about being, you know, uh, in the game and just doing your thing. And, not going, how's this going to make things better for me? You know, if I'm talking to you, is that going to help my career or hurt my career or whatever? Right. But it's just. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. That's why I still do. Like, I still do. I mean, I wouldn't call them open mics, but I still do very, like, free shows in Los Angeles all over the place. And some comedians are like, well, you should be past that by now. I'm like, yeah, maybe. But these shows are fun. And I really get something out of them. And I like I like comedy. I like hanging around it. So it's, uh, so I, I don't know. That's just been my strategy. Again, it might not work for everyone and maybe I'm not Machiavellian. Am I saying that right? <laughs> I think Enough? so. <laughs> I don't know. Machiavellian? Macha- Machiavellian, something. yeah. Machiavellian, I think that's correct. Yeah. yeah. So uh, thank you. Thank sure. you. Absolutely. Um, and, and I guess as sort of part of, um, the comedy thing, uh, you found yourself into the podcast, uh, arena with your, uh, human conversations podcast with Aaron McGaffey. Yes. And how's that been yeah. going? Uh, it's been, I'm trying well, to think what episode today, you're I'm going to, well, I'm going to break some news on your podcast. It's, it might be coming to an end. Oh. Might be I don't know if, I don't know if I can say this. I think we're going to, yeah, it might be coming to an end. So that's all I can say at this point. Okay, it might be. But coming you'll to an see, end. it's okay. not a sad. It's not a sad thing. It's not okay. sad at all. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it, but, it's, uh, it's you know, it's funny because you know, having been doing this show for four years uh, and watching people geez. do podcasts, it's you know, some people they just keep slugging it out, and some people go, you know what, this is an eight episode podcast that's what i'm going to do and it's like you know and because it isn't just people talking it's a podcast that's got like you know it's all writing and it's just chapters and it's like now the story's over uh like a right right like a sitcom i just reviewed one recently this english show that was this wonderful eight episode sitcom basically um Mm -hmm. and so the idea that well it's not quite a radio show i don't have to do this for 30 years i can do this till i'm kind of 
done with this phase and then I'll find something. I mean, like Aaron, you know, Aaron had her own podcast, um, which um, I just mentioned actually in a, uh, a feature that's going to be coming out later this week on splitsider.com called podcast graveyard. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. And it's just, I picked five podcasts that just basically, you know, they, they ran their course and they, they're done, but those people moved on to other shows or they, they, they're planning. Oh, that's interesting. To. Yeah. But those stay up those podcasts, right? Oftentimes they do. It kind of just, it depends whether you're going to keep paying to host them. I don't know what iTunes policy is on dropping podcasts that are no longer sort of being pumped into the system. Um, there's, there's a few that I've gone to look for because podcast graveyard is actually a feature that I do on this show where we'll play a clip and I've gone looking for some, you know, lost podcasts that they're just not on the internet anywhere. I can't find a copy anywhere. Oh, you can't find them on the Wayback machine. No. In fact, I had to go back into earlier clips of my show and just replay a clip that I played when I featured them originally, even to find just a sample. Oh, I see. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, no, I love podcasting. I really, really, I enjoy it greatly. And I, I was a guest on a number of podcasts promoting this, uh, you know, record, the Chronicles of Fetterman. And it was, it was just thrilling. And some of them are so creative. They're just unbelievable. That's great. Um, what led you to get into human conversations? Uh, with Aaron, what was the sort of impetus for, for kicking Well, first off? of all, it's called human conversation. That's oh, no S. Thing. You're saying it wrong. Sorry. No S. Sorry. I mean, there is, but it's not at the end. Yeah. 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 In the station part, there's an S, <laughs> there but is, not there. There is. Yeah. There's only a single S, not a double <laughs> That's my fault. There's a single S. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so this is what happened. I was on, I assume, the Graveyard podcast called This Feels Terrible. That's right. And I talked about my vast love life over my adult life, starting from my first kiss of Kelly Carrington in the treehouse <laughs> wow. and on right until today, right until today. And uh, that kiss was, I believe, in 1969. Wow. Yeah. I was like 10 years old. Yeah. So um, might have been 70. Might have been 70. I don't want to get it. I don't want to be, if Kelly's listening, <laughs> you, I don't want to get it wrong. You don't kiss and tell. Or I guess you I do. Don't, you do I, kiss yeah. and tell. I do. Obvi- I totally kiss and tell. <laughs> yeah. Ellen Carrington. Never forget her. Um, so, uh, so anyway, after the podcast, it went rather well. Because as you can tell, I'm pretty good talking. Yeah, you talking. are. Yeah, you got talking the talking thing. Talking. Yeah, you're talking. You I got it down. You can talk. I can maybe. <laughs> Terrible. So, uh, so Aaron said... And she's part of Feral Audio, which is a podcast, you know, what a network. Network, yeah. She said, would you like to do a pod? I'd love to do a podcast with you. So I was like, uh, uh, I don't think so. Just because <laughs> I, I just felt like podcasts are sort of, not, not they're great. They're great. But I just feel like it's a little flooded, the market these days. <laughs> so the market's a bit flooded. But then she kept talking, and then we came up with this idea of just the two of us talking. And I thought there was a cool dynamic in that I'm 25 years older than she is. She was married. I'm single. We're both in theater, but so there's like kind of a gap. I thought that might make for some interesting human conversation. So I said, look, if we don't 
have computers, if it's just the two of us talking, and that's that's how it started. And that's we did forty about forty episodes. It's yeah, it's like it's like a little boy here. <laughs> and not that I don't mind androgynous, but I was like I know your hair was getting lighter, 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 and now it's yeah. super dark. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of looks like you're a newsman from the <laughs> 70s. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, <laughs> it's fine. It's good. You know what? It's Action good. Action news. What's really good is that I'm in a really secure place in my life. You know I come and from so... love. You know that. Come on. No, it's fine. We haven't established that. <laughs> we haven't established that. Uh Look, what happened was I tried to add a little purple to my hair. Oh, well, this is good already. Now, where <laughs> the last time I saw it, it was lighter yeah. than the normal red. Because yeah. I saw, remember when, I, and I think you called it, what did you call that That color? Rose. No, did you didn't have Dusty like... Dusty Rose. Wasn't either one of those. It was something like, this is my breakup. This is my oh, divorce hair. Divorce this, hair, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then you go, you know, it's going to get even lighter. Yeah. So I was like, wow, this is going to get like the Even shocking. pinker is what I believe I said. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I stand yeah. corrected. And so I was like, oh, I'm looking forward to it. It's either going to be light pink or Andy Warhol white or whatever color you were going to yeah. go for. But instead, I look like an uglier Carrie Ann Moss. Ma'am? And not uglier because that makes it sound like she's ugly. She's no, I look, I look like Carrie Ann, the president of Carrie Ann Moss's fan club. Well, and I've been having a lot of ice cream lately. It's dramatic. Oh, is this to distract people from you walking <laughs> around with an ice cream cone? <laughs> what happened? Sorry, my nose got itchy all of a sudden. We have Kleenex right over there. Great. Most of all, it's good to see you. <laughs> well, yeah, I haven't seen you in a long could, time. Apparently, it could have been better. Oh, I just, my... I'm kidding about it. Come on. Come on. <laughs> no, it's fine. Look, I, I, don't, I don't mind my hair. It's freeing a little bit, but I, it was not... My plan. This couldn't have been a plan. Jesus. <laughs> Am I going too hard? Are you? No, I'm, it's I'm making, fine. You know, it's I, fine. you know what I'm fine. doing. It's fine. Um, yeah, this I... is obviously. I'm going to cut right in. Mm-hmm. This is obviously something went horribly wrong, and this is like <laughs> the best we could manage. <laughs> right. Uh, right. You miss I mean, me. Yeah, you yeah, miss me. I'm so so much less now than before you came into the studio. Uh, no, I I went to St. Louis for yes. Halloween. I remember multiple costumes. Multiple costumes. I still have questions about that. Yeah. I've seen some I ended pictures. up doing three costumes, not all the ones that I named. So, right, right. Yeah. I saw one was like a tree or something. Uh, one was a, a, like a, a fairy. N- neither of those. No? There was something with a weird face thing. That was the Monty Python witch oh, costume. Oh, yes. The, yes. With the, yeah, uh, yes. With the uh, your, cost, your no. costumes remind me of like when you watch a sitcom and they do Halloween and it's <laughs> oh, like, like and they're oh, so they're great. Yeah. over the top like who would have, I'm like oh there now I do know someone as <laughs> <laughs> an over yeah. the top costume yeah yeah right one of one of the features that I liked about the sh- about the show uh was I'm, just, I'm already talking about it like it's gone. Uh, maybe it is. I don't know. You said we've done forty, and we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. All right, but the yeah, the I idea, the, like you said, you don't have computers, so you guys are sort of kind of talking from the top of your head, and some of your facts you you have don't actually turn out to be correct. But we don't find out until the next episode, right? When we ha- hear the corrections. 
of yes, that is true. <laughs> that is true. We do the correct. That's when I use the computer to do our correction. Yeah, which is great. And it's, can I say, I know. Can I say this is something that happened that I didn't anticipate, which was some people binge listen to human conversation, but do it in reverse order, <laughs> and then the corrections become a hint or a preview of what's coming up on the next episode. Or spoiler. <laughs> or a spoiler. Oh, yeah, so it was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, people are, you know, receiving the media that way. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, terminology. One, that's one of the more interesting elements, I think, about the medium of podcasting is yeah. that there are no, there's nobody dictating when or how you can kind of listen to these things. You can binge listen to everything. Uh, maybe when they first come out, you have to wait until they're released. But once they're out there, you can you can absorb them any way you want to, which is uh, it's really kind of exactly. very interesting. It's, very, it's a very sort of one-on-one interaction at a certain level. Yeah, I, lo- I love it. And here's can I say something else, Mark? Please. Am I allowed to? Yeah. Please, okay. The comments are from Human Conversation in the the feed where you can leave reviews and comments. Yes, are easily the most. I don't know what the word is. Like overwhelmingly interesting and positive comments I've ever had for anything I've ever done in my career. No kidding. Not there's nothing close. There's nothing close. Like, uh, for all the stand-up I've done, all of the, uh, I've never had anything like people just gushing how much they love this show, and it's really affected me. It was, I'm so grateful that, and people get, get stuff out of human conversation that, it, it's just, it's fascinating. It's just fascinating to me, and it's very satisfying. What do you attribute that to? Why do you think that's happening? Well, again, it's not, it's not like it's blowing up all across the country. It's, you know, no, 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 but I mean, like 8,000 people a no, week. But you're getting um, these comments, I don't know. so why I, is that? I, I think it's exactly what you said, and I'd be curious what your opinion is. I think that podcasting, because it's like goes directly into somebody's head, it's such a, for the most part, like it's either in the car or on earbuds or in headphones and Sometimes I ask people how they listen to it, that it's a very intimate form of entertainment, like more so than just a television show or a movie or something. Like it really gets in there. And because there's no commercial breaks, you kind of really get into the rhythm of those people and see how their minds work. Like people really get to see, all right, I feel like I'm droning on now. No, but no, that's no, my no, guess. No, what no. do you think? I, uh, I, agree. What do you think? I agree with you, and I think it's amplified by the fact that um, it's enhanced by uh, the connection through social media and whatnot, that somebody can listen to you. They can follow your tweets if you're, you know, someone who is active on Twitter uh, or whatever other. And so they feel like there's sort of more than one channel of communication going on. And, and you know, occasionally they'll go, I can't believe it. Wayne Fetterman followed me. I mean, I'm using your name here just as an example, but the idea that right. that they get excited that the person they love listening to is actually following them back, you know, like they're, right. they're sort of uh, justifying the fact that I, I, I actually say things that are interesting too, or whatever the reason is that they, they think you're following them for. But I think all of that does bring this much more like you to use your word, intimate uh, relationship really with, with the, between the performer and the listener. 
Yeah, I, I don't. That's just my hunch. Just just my hunch. Um, that's okay. how it's. Um, it yeah. That it's that 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 podcast, and because it's just Aaron and I speaking, and you really get to it's a real insight into how human beings interact. And because I like to ask her questions, and you know, it's and we're not friends. Aaron and I are not. We're friendly, right? But I'm not like a close friend of Aaron's at all. So there's a, I don't know. It's just I just felt like it, it worked nicely, and it, re, it was great. It was great. Well, yeah, because I think probably part of that combination that works well is you're sort of discovering each other as the shows are unfolding. It isn't like you yes. and some you know, buddy you've known for 25 years who you kind of know all, all each other's tells and you know how to kind of second guess where they're going and all that. So I think there's that joy of discovery that comes through probably as well. I agree with that. I agree with that. Like I, I again, I, I didn't anticipate that when we started it. So that's been very, very satisfying. So what, what is, what is leading to the, uh, uh, the potential end of uh, this particular show? Well, I would love to talk to you, but I just don't think I can I got talk about it. But I, yeah, 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 yeah. Just, but no. it's not a, it's not bad. It's not bad. Okay. But All right. Good. I just don't want to. No worries. You know, no worries. Ruin, ruin so, it for. Maybe at next year's podcast I mean, festival, we'll talk about it. <laughs> we no, it's not that big. It's not that crazy a big thing. But yeah, I no, think I, she wants to reveal. Yeah, gotcha. it's no, it's no, more no. on her end than on my end. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, what, um, uh, but I got some papers from the attorney, and apparently, I'm not allowed to talk. Oh, dear. Okay. You know, oh, man. This, yeah, this is sounding more uh, intriguing as we as we deny <laughs> pers- per- going deeper into it. Nice. I like it. Exactly. Um, I don't know if you've heard of something called a restraining and a gag order, but I'm apparently under both of those. <laughs> I'm under two orders right now. Well, if you get the if you get the trifecta of deportation, then we're really going to know you're oh, cooking, the <laughs> cooking on all eight I'm, cylinders. I'm waiting for the ankle bracelet. That's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> don't come near Feral Audio, please. <laughs> Um, what, what is the reaction to where, where you've been, what your career has been to, you know, the people that, that knew you best when like family members and things like that, when you were just starting out, uh, you know, I mean, how did your parents react as things were, you know, happening for you? Um, I, do you have brothers and sisters? I do. It's a very, if you open up a can of worms. There's a can of worms you're opening up. It's, I come from kind of a big family, oh. but we're very fractured. Sure. And there's like clans, and there's uh, <laughs> and uh, my dad died when I was a young kid, and so I had like mm. a stepdad who's still alive who was not supportive, oh. and so it's and yeah, it's just a very tricky, okay. <laughs> tricky kind of dynamic. All right. But I I can't say they they I've really I've really reveled in it. Okay. Uh, with them at all. All right. But I do, let me tell you just a quick, they like a quick story. Just yeah. like when I was on Curb Your Enthusiasm, okay? Yeah. First year of Curb Your Enthusiasm I was on, and then I since was on another time. But like I, you know, I was like, okay, this is something like my parents are going to love, you know, Larry Day. So I was like, what's this show? I was like, well, it's called Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, we don't, it's on HBO. Like, well, we don't get HBO. <laughs> All right. Well, it's uh, they're like, who's in it? I go. 
Well, it's Larry David. I've, I've never heard of him. <laughs> well, he's anyone else in it we know? Well, no, the wife. No, you probably wouldn't know. Uh, what has he done? I go, well, he, he, he co-created Seinfeld. Oh, he was a writer on Seinfeld? Well, no, he wasn't just a writer. He was like co-creator. Oh, so do I know him from Seinfeld? No, you probably don't. No, you probably don't. So, so the more it goes on, the more it sounds like I'm trying to make this thing sound bigger than it is, you know? Yes. So it ends up with this thing. They're like, oh, well, uh, oh, okay, well, good for you. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> Oh man, that's uh, yeah. That's a, yeah. So, so I'm like, all right, that's the end of me trying to <laughs> brag or make them proud about anything because <laughs> it just makes me feel horrible. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, good. It's, it's literally like I got a job hosting like an open mic at the Ground Round Restaurant or something <laughs> like. I mean, it was that level. No, we don't know. Oh, so a writer from, uh, but the sign fell on it? No. Oh, yeah. all right. Well, good for you. Good for you. Yeah. It's, all right. Jeez. Yeah. It's, it's, so. like, it's like, it's like the, uh, the movies that I wrote for the Hallmark Channel. People go, oh, you wrote for the Hallmark. I love the Hallmark Hall of Fame. I go, well, no, it wasn't the Hall of Fame. It was just the, <laughs> just the channel. Oh, well, we watched those movies. What were they? And I'd mention them. I go, they'd say, uh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> that same thing that was it like I saw never... that I think I saw that yeah <laughs> Mark yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure I'm not the only one no with that kind of but it's just it's just so funny people can't even kind of drum up like a little bit of phony enthusiasm for you it's <laughs> something something <laughs> obviously I'm doing this to get your attention come on get it together parents Oh my gosh, that's fantastic! That's what I loved about uh, Maria Bamford's special, where she performed in front of her parents. Yes, um, I don't know if you ever saw that one. Yeah, but it's called the special, 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 and uh, and then I was watching it, and I do a little piano thing in it, but I'm I'm not. It's not about me. But the great thing about that special is, like, in a way. Every comedian is performing for their parents. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Ah, look at Wayne with the deep philosophy. Oh man, that's a nice one. Come, <laughs> very nice. Thank you. Yeah, Thank no, you. No, no, you're a, no, you're a you're a, you're a deep and thoughtful fellow, really. I think. I know. I, I what think... was that guy's name on uh, on SNL? He used to do deep thought. John Handy or yes, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Handy. Yeah. What was his name? What was I, his name? It was uh, Handy. Handy. Um, Gosh, I'm Something. Gonna... This is this is our this correction. Is human conversation. Uh, I will. This I will, is our human conversation. I will tag it. Something handy, right? Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah. figure it out. I will. I will tag the uh, the show with uh, the interview with the, the guy's name. John, thank John, you, thank yeah. you, thank you. But that did was that called Deep Thoughts? Yes, it was. I think that's what it was called. It yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and. Uh, I don't know. I think I think you have a lot to say about the not just comedy, but I think the the industry because you've done a lot of different things, and um, I think you have an interesting perspective on it because the fact your your desire to just you know kind of follow whatever paths open up in front of you instead of going I'm going to become the best leading man or whatever uh, you know I'm going to you know 
whatever the the goal is that somebody else might have, it seems like we've been talking about, you're sort of happy to be at the party. And I think that gives you this perspective on how the party's going, you know? Thank you. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, there's no question about it. And I do feel like then when I look back again, looking back at all of this, you know, this is, I'm the reminiscing guy now, all of a sudden, um, <laughs> that, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of comedians that aren't doing stand-up anymore that I started with or that came up in the nine, you know. So I've seen, like, from the comedy club boom to the alternative scenes to, the, you know, what's going on now. It's like, it's, it's thrilling. I love stand-up. I just love it so much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, it's amazing the people that have sort of stepped away from it. Um, and you kind of, I'll run into somebody like on Facebook and I hadn't seen him in 20 years. What are you doing now? I'm, I'm cooking somewhere. Are you happy? <laughs> I am. I'm really happy. And you kind of go, okay, good. You know, I, the tendency I think is to feel bad. You go, Oh, you, what happened? You just weren't getting work. Right, right, right. No, it just, I, I got to where I was happy with it. And I just said, this isn't as fulfilling as I thought it was going to be or whatever. You know? Right. Right, right. And right. The, the answer, by the way. Yeah, no, it's tricky. The, the answer, by the way, Go is, ahead. is Jack Handy. Jack Handy. Jack! What did I say? John? I think we we're saying John, which is, Jack is a uh, nickname for John, so we weren't wrong. Still, no, I, I feel that still. Yeah, really? I count that as wrong. Uh, I, tr I try <laughs> That's to. That's where we differ. I try to have as many. I get, I get I was close, but it was not. That was not correct. No, Jack you know what? If I yes. get if I get the dart in the little yellow circle around the bullseye, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. Oh, I like it. You're like a glass half full. I am. I am actually three quarters full. Let's be honest. Um, oh, well, that's not even a question. If it's three quarters full, uh, you know what? Everyone says. No one says that's a quarter empty. Pessimistic people would still say it's still half empty because they're pessimists. Ah, the worst. <sighs> anyway, the worst. you know, they are the worst. I could talk to you for hours, um, but that would be a yeah, really, that would have been enjoyable. That would be been a enjoyable. Lo long podcast if we did that. And I want you to get back to your day, but I really appreciate you uh, taking some time to just chat. I didn't really have any particular place I wanted to go with this. I just wanted to kind of touch touch back on the album and talk about Thanks. podcasting and. Thanks, Mark. No, I totally appreciate it. I mean, you're the veteran. I feel like I'm learning from you. Ah, look at you. Look at you. Ah, such compliments. Um, but anyway, no, it's true. It's true. You've been doing it for four years. I've been doing it for five months or something. I have. I have. And you know what? I'm going to uh, – I don't know if you're familiar with Sean Merrick, who works with Sideshow Networks, which is another – uh, podcast network, mm -hmm. but uh, he's been doing I these, do he's been producing these live shows at the lab next to the improv on Friday nights. Yeah. And, uh, oh. so I've been talking to him about doing a live succotash. It'll be the first time I've done a live succotash. And, uh, I don't want to, as I told my listeners, when I mentioned this last episode, I don't want to make any promises, but so far I want to have three guests. And so far I've gotten positive nods from, Dana Carvey, Rick Overton, and I have not extended a third invitation yet, but I would like to do it to you if you're going to happen to be around. It's probably going to be on a Friday in February, but I don't have a date yet. But, uh, um, I would be around. I hate those two guys, so I can't do it. But otherwise, I would be in. <laughs> Shit. God, so close. <laughs> So close. So close. So close. <laughs> why don't you just do it with Dana? What is, why do you need three comedians? 
Uh, because Dana, I really feel like Dana, I would be, be. I feel like it would be gumming up the works. I'll tell you Dana what, Dana is a genius. But Dana doesn't like to be just Dana on a show. He loves it when there's other people there. He doesn't. All right. He All right. Well, I would be honored. I would, needless to say, I'd be honored. All this right. is well, not even a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I will. I will keep in I touch with you. I'll, I'll let you know the date as I get a little closer to it. Uh, and, get right, and the sure. name of the episode is going to be called Three White Guys." Three funny guys. Three, three white guys over fifty. Three, three white three, guys over fifty. <laughs> three guys I can actually relate to. Uh, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> well, I'm glad you're mixing up the booking. <laughs> uh, uh, well, see, I was always the guy that said, "Why can't we can't, put three? Why can't we put three jugglers on this bill?" Come on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm uh, Anyway, thanks again, Wayne, and happy holidays to you. Mark, Mark, come on. Thank me. I uh, Well, you're welcome. <laughs> no one says you're welcome anymore. I will say that, but I really appreciate you calling me. And, you know, I told yeah, you before. Right. Well, everything's done. It's been crazy. It's been All crazy. Right. All right. Have a good so anything, uh, however I can help the succotash, I'm in. You're a good man. Uh, have a have a great rest of your holiday season, and I will talk to you in the very near future, my friend. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> See you, Wayne. Good talk. Good talk. Thanks again to Wayne for shaving off a little pre-holiday time for us to chat. You can get his album, The Chronicles of Fetterman, digitally from places like iTunes or physically from places like Amazon if you enjoy the CD experience. Which reminds me, jump on over to our home site, SuccotashShow.com, and click on the Amazon banner there at the top of the page if you're going to be going over to pick up Wayne's album anyway. And let me tell you why. Every time you use their banner from the Succotash page and actually buy something, Amazon kicks us back a little taste of that sale. That's right. Succotash is an official Amazon associate, and we benefit from letting you get to them through our site. I use our banner all the time myself, which means I'm actually paying myself to use it. So help us to keep helping them by helping you buy stuff. We got another nifty, weird song from Abner Surd, which I think is taken from his Tall Tales and Shaggy Dogs podcast of stories and short humor, which you can find over on iTunes. Take it away, Abby. This is my song. It won't take long. The words aren't right, so they must be wrong. This is my song. It won't take long. The words aren't right, so they must be wrong. This is my song. It won't take long. The words aren't right, so they must be wrong. This is my song. It won't take long. The words aren't right, so they must be wrong. This is my song. It won't take long. The words aren't right, so they must be wrong. I found a penny on the ground. It filled me full of doubt. Its head was on the other side. It must be inside out. My song, it won't take long. The words aren't right, so they must be wrong. This is my song, it won't take long. The bellowing boister is on a diet. He's ordered a plateful of peas and quiet. My song, it won't take long. The words aren't right, so they must be wrong. This is my song, it won't take long. Jacqueline Margaretessa Wurlitzer Fitzwillie screamed and stomped and told us all that we were being silly. We said, we don't like the way you lion tamers work us. She said, that's no reason to run off and join the circus. This is my song, it won't take long. The words aren't right, so they must be wrong. This is my song, it won't take long. That Abner seems like a nice guy, but maybe just a tad touched in the head. 
as no hillbilly relative of mine would have said. Let's see if we have any holiday tweets or emails in the old tweet sack, shall we? There's a big year-end best-of-column dropping soon on Splitsider.com you should check out. You may know that I contribute reviews to Splitsider's This Week in Comedy podcast column every week. Well, me and the handful of other reviewing regulars there helped to throw together an end-of-the-year spectacular column with a bunch of our favorite episodes and moments from 2015 in the world of comedy podcasts. That should drop right after Christmas sometime. I will have a link up on this episode's blog as soon as it becomes available. But uh, be sure to check out our best of 2015 on Splitsider.com. Got a direct message from Nug Nargang, our chum over at Illusionoid, which is based in Toronto, Canada. He says, I quote, I have a friend coming to San Francisco to help out with the production of Potted Potter that is running there currently. She, she knows no one, dot, dot, dot. Unquote. Well, any friend of a friend of Succotash is a friend of a friend of mine. So we're, we've connected on Facebook. I look forward to meeting and greeting his pal Jessica in person sometime next week here in the city by the bay. Monica Homburg, charming hostess of the Dazed and Convicted podcast and past guest co-host of Succotash, sent me a direct message asking if I would retweet the word about her latest Epi 123 entitled No Secret Secretions. Well, since this is our Epi 123, I thought that was pretty kismet So yeah, check out Monica's secretions up on SoundCloud if you'd be so kind. Thanks to Robin Slim of the Robin Slim Show fame for their nice review they posted for Succotash up on iTunes this past week or so. It goes a little something like this, quote, Mark is an amazing host and guest. This is our, this is the absolute best show featuring other shows out there. It was an honor to talk to Mark and be featured on his show. Five stars too. Thanks guys. I will return the favor and post a review for you as soon as I get a sec. Well, that's about all we have in the tweet sack for this episode. No, no Christmas cards, I'm sorry to say, but I want to be sure to acknowledge as best I can all of those who were kind and decent enough to tweet, retweet, like, DM, forward, heart, thumbs up, review, mention, or otherwise pass the succotash during the past week or so via their social media magic. <clears throat> Here we go. Robin Todd, Kelty Knight, Simon Sander, Matteo Maragno. Christine Blackburn, Strange Time Show, Tiger and Socko Jones, River City Rant, Tommy Royal, Ice in the Face, Pod Underground, Flirty Blue, The Vince Wild Show, Castle Couch, The Pick and Row Show, Drunken Dork Podcast, The Naked Porch Podcast, The Mr. B.S. Show, Frank D. Piazza, Frank B., The Affectionates, Salty Language Podcast, Sean Parker, The Say What Podcast, Rosalinda Urich, Damien Tiscornia, The Fake-Ass Radio Show, Carrie Snow, Choo Choo Stew, Comatose Podcast, Cassandra Cardenas, DAPF Pod and Elise, DAPF Pod Neil, Jeffrey Welchman, The All-Seeing Guys, John Edder, Three is Company, no, Three is Comedy, sorry about that, Podcast Booster Bot, Michelle Andersona, Ruiz Sean, Vicky Eisenstein, William Runyon Jr., Loud and Obnoxious, Hop the Troll, Cyanide, The Ben Randall, Toilet Tweets, What Laura Loves, Nikki Devereaux, The Slant, God Personified, Hopeless Pimp, Liz Russo, Smab, Frank Martinez, Wicked Theory, Sweet Sweather, <laughs> Sweet Feathery Jesus, Extra Features Podcast, Sharon Houston, Todd Pringle, Daddy Mac 362, David Steinberg, Cumulus Frisbee, Peter Edwards, 
Wooden Overcoats, Tech News Weekly 5, Indie Art, Roll Scene App, Scav D, Christopher Buner, Does This Hold Up, EMA Hip Hop Podcast, Evie Todd, Raining Lunatic, Corky Knievel, Clutch and Wiggle, Jared Paul Wilson, Davian Dent, Victrola, Cold Town, Michael Jastrosch, Justin Soilu, 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 Desiree Peoples, Illusionoid, Davey Sutton, Center City Comedy, Zach Ward, Cocktails and Centaurs, Epic Film Guys, Just Plain Old Dawn, The Lo-Fi Show, Shane Gray Live, Windot Street, Dave Hodge, Rick Larson, Gamer Jules Jules, Michael John Simpson, The Statement Show, T. Barnaud, Ian and Nick and Sophie and Eric, Robert Reynolds, Sam Malcolm, Cab 316, Dale Seaver, Paul Hogue, Now That I'm Older, Courtney J, Tall Can Audio, Amish Baby Machine, Jimmy Pardo, Aim Chismuk, John Mallon, This Is a Producer, Little Big Cast, Black Halt, Gormless Mook, and the Casa Mirth Podcast, which is about to drop their big Christmas special that I'm a part of, so listen for that. Hey guys, Will Durst here to say it's the most wonderful time of the year, and what makes it wonderful is we each have our own individual holiday traditions. Mine involve lots of eggnog and cookies. And after a little investigative reportage, we here at Dursko have discovered some of the traditions certain presidential candidates plan on upholding this year. Ben Carson plans to hand out belts that are two sizes too small to the homeless to encourage them to diet. Carly Fiorina will watch It's a Wonderful Life and root for Mr. Potter. Rick Santorum continues his annual dangle the stuffed Santa legs up the chimney and let the kids shoot at him with shotguns to stress the importance of their Second Amendment rights. Once again, Bernie Sanders will hire a team of Inuit caterers to roast a reindeer, which he then refuses to eat. Donald Trump likes to dress up as Santa Claus and go around New York City throwing pieces of coal at poor people. Hillary Clinton annually commissions a local artist to create industrial-strength tinsel that in a pinch could be used to strangle members of the vast right-wing conspiracy, or a husband. Marco Rubio will travel back to his parents' homeland of Cuba and try to dig up dirt on Ted Cruz's father. Ted Cruz will travel back to his father's homeland of Cuba and try to dig up dirt on Marco Rubio's family. Jeb Bush plans to plaster a phony smile on his face and suffer through another family dinner where his father and brother tell fascinating stories about being commander-in-chief again. Chris Christie will feast on low-calorie Weight Watchers turkey dinners, 19 of them. Mike Huckabee has organized a tour and will dress up as a vengeful god to scream religious holiday carols outside the entrances of Planned Parenthood. God bless us, everyone. For Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast, I'm Will Durst. Thanks, Will. Again, if you're going to be in the San Francisco Bay Area between Christmas and New Year's, on Will's behalf, let me remind you to click over to his willdurst.com site where you can get info about his big fat year-end kiss-off comedy show, which kicks off uh, all around the San Francisco Bay Area starting the day after Christmas, December 26th, runs through January 3rd. It's... uh, 10 shows, 9 cities. So check that out if you're around. 
That is going to put a bow around the Christmas gift that has been this episode of Suck-Tash Chats, the comedy podcast podcast. Thanks again to Wayne Fetterman, and thanks again to you. May you and yours have an absolutely stupendous time this holiday season. And if you forgot someone on your gift list this year, you can always make it up to them by passing them the Suck-Tash. Goodbye. You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, and on SoundCloud. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com. Or call into the Suckatash hotline at our non-toll-free call number, 818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott. Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotage. Goodbye.